Welcome back to the Informatics Cafe. I'm Mike Nightardy, your host. And with us today in the cafe, I'm pleased to have Dr. Nicholas Caparuso. He is the Assistant Professor of Computer Science here at the College of Informatics at NKU. He's also the co-director of the new Applied Software Engineering Program here at NKU. Uh, Nicholas, welcome. It's great to have you. Hi, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here, and hi to all the listeners. Well, also, why don't you introduce, we've got a couple of uh, guests with us today here in, in, in the cafe as well. Yeah, so this is a great opportunity for me to uh, bring here two of my best students uh, who are working with me on a project that uh, we're going to talk about uh, probably today, uh, Brett Tamman uh, and Trung Kao. Hi. Hi. Well, awesome. It's great to have you guys in, in the cafe here today. What, what years are you here at NKU? Uh, I'm a senior, so I'm graduating in May. Awesome. Well, congratulations. And, and how about yourself? So, yeah, I'm a junior at NKU, and I'm, I'm doing double major in computer science and applied software engineering. That is great. And, and Brett and Trunk, I'd like to ask you, you know, a little bit about your backgrounds, where, where you went to high school, how you found your way here to, to NKU. Yeah, so um, I grew up in uh, Hebron, Kentucky, which is uh, pretty close to here, about 30 minutes away. I went to uh, Connor High School. Uh, I graduated actually in 2014. This is actually my second time uh, coming to NKU. So when I graduated, I thought I wanted to do music because uh, I was really good at it. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to do music performance because that seems to really hard to get a steady job, you know, <laughs> Even as cool as it would be. So I decided on music education. Um, and I did that degree for about three years and I just, it, the longer it went on, the more I knew I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. It got to the point where I was like, I'm just wasting my time here, and I just couldn't do it anymore, so I just stopped. Uh, I ended up just dropping out. Uh, just started working like at UPS, like at a warehouse, just you know, throwing boxes in trucks and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, it just I I hated that too, and I was like, there's no way I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like I gotta go back to school, do something. And uh, my friend had actually done a music degree at NKU, and then he had uh, went to, I think, Cincy State and got his uh, some, not a computer science degree, but something similar to that where he was programming. Uh, and he had enjoyed that a lot. So I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll try programming. So I, I, at first I went to Cincy State, and I was like, seeing the, the degrees they have there, and they had an associate's degree, and I was like, well, I, I feel like I should just, you know, get the bachelor's because I feel it's more safe. It's probably easier to get a job. So I decided to go back to NKU. Um, ended up, I just went to, I think I had a meeting with, there's like an adult learner services or something like that at NKU, which helps, uh, you know, students who haven't graduated come back to NKU. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I went to them and I just asked them like, all right, what, what degrees can I do? And it was like, well, with computers, it's either you can do computer science, which is like a ton of extreme math. And I was like, I'm not a math person. <laughs> I do not want to do that. <laughs> and then the other option was, uh, CIT at the time. Uh, with and they had different uh, tracks for that, and I was like, "Well, that sounds pretty good." So I decided to go with that. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of how I got into it. I will say, I I wish that the, the ASE, the Applied Software Engineering degree, was was there when mm -hmm. I when I came there because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Right. The, the degree I'm doing now is more focused on like administration, so like you know, uh, handling like computer servers and stuff like that, but. It, the applied software engineering, like the, the research project we're working on, is really like satisfying to like make something. You're like actually creating something. Yes. It's like that's mine. I made that. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Trunk, how about yourself? 
So yeah, I am. Um, I'm not originally from here. To be honest, like I'm from Vietnam and I'm international student. Um, I went to Women Kim High School for the gifted, and I specialize in computers, uh, like IT. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and after graduate high school, I took a gap year, and uh, I would like to try something new. Like I want to study abroad, so I spend that one year to learn more about like um, computer science and then also I um, prepare for some certificates and stuff so that I can apply for NKUs and luckily uh, they gave me a lot of scholarships so I decided to uh, come here and then enroll in NKU like in computer science. Awesome. That is terrific. What's great to have you both. Nicholas, it's great to have you here. This is going to be a fascinating conversation for our listeners. We're really going to be uh, exploring a little bit today about the new program, um, Applied Software Engineering, and also talking about uh, human and computer interaction and maybe some studies and work that you're doing in that area. Why don't you start off, Nicholas, by kind of explaining what Applied Software Engineering is and then also maybe we can dive into the HCI component. Sure. Um, so the Applied Software Engineering is our newly launched program here at, in the Department of Computer Science. And it started in 2020 with the idea of preparing students for the uh, needs of the industry. And uh, uh, companies demand uh, uh, students who are ready to work on real-life projects. And the Applied Software Engineering degree has been designed in order to give the students, to expose the students to tools, methods, practices, uh, and experiences that help them uh, um, get a job and perform from day one, basically. Well, that's fantastic. So in the past, was there another area or field that people would get degrees in to start doing you know, uh, software engineering, computer science perhaps, or? So historically, computer science would be um, the degree that you would get to then move to software engineering. Um, the uh, issue with computer science is that in the limited duration of a degree program, you cannot explore both the foundations of computer science and computing in general and applications. So you have to focus on one. And clearly, the most important part in this case would be the foundation, having students understand what computing is, what an algorithm is, and how to make it work and how to improve it. But then students will lack that kind of uh, practical experience, that tangible expertise that will help them uh, realize um, uh, applications and work for companies. And, and they would lack that initial talent that company would, would need in order to hire them. So what we're trying to do with Apply Software Engineering instead is shifting the focus on, rather than just computing, uh, what it needs to, what it takes to create applications. Hmm. Um, So learning how to think about the design, uh, think about what's the problem, and ways in which that problem can be solved, and then using tools, programming languages, frameworks that are out there uh, in the best way possible so that we can develop quality software by reducing uh, the required resources, being that time or cost. Interesting. Interesting. So would it be possible to give a little bit of an overview of the difference between the types of courses a computer science major might take and an applied uh, software engineering major might take? Sure. Um, so uh, the computer science degree is heavily focused on, uh, as I've said, the history and theory of computation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and of course, computation 
has a foundation in math. Mm -hmm. So math classes would be the starting point to get exposed to uh, concepts in computer science. But then um, students would learn algorithms and data structures and operating systems uh, in courses that help them expand that knowledge uh, mm -hmm. about the uh, computer and how computers work under the hood. Mm -hmm. uh, in applied software engineering instead, we start exposing students to how to build applications from the beginning of the program. We start okay. with a course called Full Stack Application Development that builds up on what students learn uh, in the Introduction to Web Development course. So okay. after students learn how to create a website, now we uh, have them think about how a website can become an application. Okay. Uh, most of the applications that we use nowadays, Spotify, Instagram, they are available on the web. So the web has become a fully-fledged environment where we can uh, do pretty much anything. And the same things that we can do on a desktop computer can be done in the browser environment. Right, and so right. we help them understand how they can uh, create a, an application that not only runs in the browser, but communicates with the world. Right. Um, uses databases and um, it's interactive and interoperable with other types of applications. So for instance, uh, we could build a, um, a an application that connects to Spotify, gets our favorite playlists and enables us to uh, store the songs or change them and edit them in wow. a more fashionable way. Wow. Um, after full stack application development, we'll help them understand what happens in the so-called server environment. So okay. um, it's basically understanding how the engine of systems like Facebook um, or um, Google uh, works. So what happens if we need thousands of users to um, retrieve and update information? Uh, all the technologies related to um, that kind of uh, um, environment, the server side. And then um, there are uh, several other courses that teach students how to design a user interface that users will love. Okay. Uh, and this is the case of uh, human-computer interaction. Uh -huh. And uh, most of uh, the other courses focus on software engineering, so how to think about the design aspect, how to optimize a, an application, how to make it more efficient, how to uh, reduce bugs and prevent bugs from happening. Okay. Okay. And, and finally, uh, students develop a project in their capstone course mm -hmm. where they decide what they want to do and apply all their skills. Uh, in addition to exposing them to tools and methods, our focus is also on having them create a portfolio. It's really important for companies when they hire students to be able to see what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So what's on the paper uh, in a way matters, but what they know uh, is more interested. Right, what they've demonstrated for, they could do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So having a portfolio of works uh, real-world applications that they've built in the past really helps them uh, showcase their talents. Fantastic. So I know it's when did when did all this start at NKU? This this specific it's a, is it a, its own degree program or is it its own um, major or what is it exactly? Uh, it's a new degree program, um, which would be a major, and it started in 2020. 
So we, this is now the second year. We'll start to see our students graduate next year and in 2024. Uh, and we are really excited about that because uh, we awesome. will start to see the uh, results of our work. But uh, students from the ASC program are already getting internships. And uh, Trunk is an example, but there are way more um, out there. Um, currently, the enrollment is about 30 students. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's great for a program that was just launched the last year. Uh, and we're growing uh, in the next years. So the, I guess obviously the, one of the reasons for this program is because the demand is out there, like you said earlier, for people to be able to do the work. Um, and, but when you said software engineering, to be able to do that, is, is that the same thing as coding or is there a difference? Right. So I'll get to the first part of your question, the demand. Sure. Before launching this program, we actually consulted with students and with um, industry leaders who are part of our advisory board. Mm -hmm. And both uh, sides uh, expressed their interest in something that would tackle the state-of-the-art technology and kind of fill that gap between what computer science historically has been and programming languages such as Java and Python, and then uh, more modern frameworks that use JavaScript or Node.js or React.js um, to enable that kind of rapid application development. Um, so, and then when it comes to your second question, um, the uh, difference between software engineering and coding, uh, usually, software engineers are seen as code monkeys. Okay. And that's what we want to steer uh, the, the, the perspective from. Okay. Our idea of software engineering is uh, somebody who's able to uh, understand a problem and design a software solution before you know, getting to coding, understanding what are the main components, where risk is in assembling these components, and then selecting for each of these components what's the best strategy. Um, sometimes coding is not the best strategy, but uh, instead acquiring a new technology that's or, or a technology that's already out there, uh -huh. incorporating a tool that already exists uh, helps us um, avoid reinventing the wheel, optimize costs, and also reduce um, the, the, the workload and ship a solution faster. Definitely. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about this in practice then. Um, obviously, we've got two students here, and you also mentioned um, HCI. How, how does that all work together? How does that all interplay? Right, so human-computer interaction is one of the courses that uh, are part of the Applied Software Engineering program. And to be honest, it's the course that I love the, love the most because it's part of my background and experience. Uh, mm -hmm. Before joining NKU, I've uh, worked in the HCI field for several years, first um, studying brain-computer interface, and then studying systems that, uh, robotic systems that would interact with humans uh, in the context of nuclear decommissioning. So oh, how wow. <laughs> we can assist humans to perform a task faster, or how can we avoid sending humans into a nuclear facility? Right, if we right. need to uh, remove some uranium bars, uh, we don't want humans no, that, to That's get not there. a high-stress-level job at all. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, uh, but it's even less stressful if we could design machines that helps uh, individuals 
um, uh, move faster, more safely, right. and, uh, and, and probably you know, control the machine without being there. Okay. Um, so when, I, when I've joined NKU, I've started sharing this passion of mine with students. And, uh, and in, uh, in fall 2021, we started working on a new project that aims at using eye tracking for improving the way users interact with computers and desktop computers specifically. So the initial idea was to uh, see whether we can capture more data from uh, daily basis interaction with computers. We spend um, many, many hours as developers, but also as professionals in front of a computer and uh, getting access to eye tracking data, where the user is looking, how much they're focusing or how long they're focusing on the different components of a user interface would help understand whether they are uh, using a, an application effectively, whether they're tired, whether they are attentive to, uh, for instance, a specific portion of a website. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking about um, that part. And then uh, Brett and Trung joined the team, and the project then completely shifted and, and expanded into something, I would say, uh, bigger and even more interesting. Well, let's talk about that. So why don't you set the stage for us, and we'll let's because now you've you've uh, I'm very curious and eager to get into this and hear what this is about. Sure, um, uh, the project started as a pure research um, initiative um, with the idea of understanding, uh, for instance, whether current eye tracking technology could be made available to users uh, in a more effective way, uh, could be made more affordable because the problem with eye tracking right now is that uh, the majority of eye tracking applications require the use of an external device. It's not only the price that make it uh, less available to users, but it's the fact that users have to adopt right. some new piece of technology and bring it with them as they need to use this device. Uh, it's like if notebooks didn't have a, a keyboard incorporated in the laptop. Mm -hmm. uh, you would have to carry an external notebook, which would be an inconvenience and probably would prevent you from typing. Right, right. Um, so our initial idea was uh, to be able to, instead of using external devices, external eye trackers, to use the webcam only. Okay. Uh, in order to detect the location of the user's gaze, so where they're looking on the screen, and then acquire that data. And, and, and then uh, we've started thinking about ways in which we can use this information and maybe build our own system that improves what's uh, being done today. Huh. Okay, so where, where do these two come in? Well, I'll let them uh, yeah, speak. Then. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, so I met uh, Dr. Caparuso in a server-side programming class. Um, and... Uh, I remember uh, one day he just uh, mentioned that he was working on research, and I had already done a undergraduate research project um, the last summer, and I'd really enjoyed the experience and learned a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just decided to, and I just decided to go into his office and ask him, like, "Can I help you on this research? Like, what are you doing?" Nice. And uh, I, I like the he he uh, laid out the projects that he were he was doing. And I didn't really have uh, much experience in the stuff that he was working on, but he just kind of like accepted me on. And uh, I've been really, you know, working hard to learn a lot. Uh, and it's been really rewarding and I've learned a ton uh, working with him. 
Is there anything in, in particular that you're working on that is... Uh... Um, uh, so a lot of what I learned was uh, using JavaScript, um, which is something I really wanted to learn because uh, my degree is uh, CIT with an emphasis in uh, web development. Mm -hmm. uh, so I hadn't had much uh, experience with that before, and our project is uh, heavily based in that language. Okay. Uh, so uh, there was a lot, we did a lot of work. Uh, f I think the first thing I did was uh, we we made a mask program. So we wanted to test um, whether uh, the effect of uh, a user wearing a mask when, uh, you know, using the... Uh, eye tracking product like would that really affect uh, like where the user is looking um, so I made a uh, like a little code uh, program that um, like because uh, it's probably proprietary no I'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't want to give anyone any secrets yeah, but yeah. Uh, no it was just for like uh, collecting uh, data and stuff so we just wanted to collect a bunch of data have a bunch of students come in uh, you know wear masks and don't wear masks mm -hmm. and like test um, whether or not you know just the effect on it if, if it affects the accuracy um, so that I did that and then currently I'm working on um, we're we're trying to see if so there's these uh, little computers called Raspberry Pis mm -hmm. um, and you can like have little cameras hooked up to them they're pretty cheap for you know what they are like little tiny computers we're seeing like if you had a classroom setting and we're doing this big eye tracking uh, setup if it would be easier instead of having to basically because the the eye tracking is really intensive on the computer so if everyone you know if you're doing it on the computer it might slow down the com each sure. student's computers yeah uh, so we could have uh, a system where it's like we have each raspberry pi with a camera and they're sending the data they're either either maybe we're trying to get it to where we can uh, have the raspberry pis just doing it the computing so that that way the user's computer isn't like you know like uh it's slowing not, down and right, stuff yeah. like that mm -hmm. um but and then the other option is like the raspberry pis all send the video to a central server like in the room so a bigger computer that has the processing power to handle everything okay runs all the uh you know processing and then sends back the data to the user's computer and then they just have all they have to do is like they know where the points are they know where Basically, they know where the person's looking. That's all it's sending back. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How, how about yourself? How did how did you get involved in all this? Yeah. So I first heard about this project was like when I was in his class, the server side programming, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, he briefly introduced um, that to me, and I was like, that sounds interesting. So I went to his office, and then we have a dis uh, a discussion about like how we gonna plan for this project and at that time I I didn't have like a lot of experience in like doing full stack development like I know I have knowledge and like foundation in like front end development and back end development but like I don't know like how to connect them together interesting yeah, yeah. and they're like um, so I was like that's very interesting and I think that that would benefit me like in my career path so I would ask him to join and like and yes and he accepted that and then uh, during that time I have I did a lot of research and I have like self-taught myself like uh, because there's a lot of new technology that we adopting and we are using to make like a reliable and uh, you know like to make more to make it more secure mm -hmm. and um, currently I'm working on um, 
you know, like we planning to create like a uh, eye tracking, like s- software development kit that oh, can wow. like implement and like, uh, you know, like develop like and incorporate like on top of some like remote collaboration app like Zoom, Microsoft Interesting. Teams or something like that. And also we, um, we can uh, currently still working on creating some apps that, uh, you know, like incorporate the um, eye tracking and like our research so that we can bring it to user and possibly to the market. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, so are, are these the only two students that are working with you, or I imagine there are, there are several other ones, Nicholas? Uh, we are expanding the team right now because the, the way it started uh, was just, a, as they mentioned, a conversation about eye tracking and how we can make it better. And and when you, when uh, you do research with students, especially with, with brilliant minds, uh, you keep talking about the uh, what the goal is, but then you keep adding pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now we're working on so many different aspects that are all uh, valuable from a research standpoint. So like, uh, for instance, um, what happens if two people are in front of an eye tracking system? Can we discriminate between the two? Can we collect that flow? Or how can we um, use uh, eye tracking information to optimize, for instance, uh, image editing? Or how we can help doctors uh, share um, data in a more efficient way? Or can we capture uh, ways in which users interact with images and content. So every single project adds to the complexity, the to-do list, and so the team is the team is growing. Um, but I'd also uh, like to mention the results that um, they've they, they've achieved. Yes, so, it's here. So so far since just uh, the fall, uh, we've published. Uh, I think three or four papers. Wow! Um, wow! Then uh, they've uh, presented their posters uh, at uh, events here at NKU. They're going to present uh, uh, at the Capitol uh, in Kentucky, Frankfurt, wow. Kentucky. Awesome! Guys. Um, next week, actually. So they're going to talk to uh, legislators about their work. And, nice. And I'm really excited about all these things that happen, you know, outside the classroom just based on that conversation and then help um, faculty, uh, in a way, get more resources for projects, but also help students get that experience that really helps them you know, squeeze their brains yes. uh, and and understand how they can, uh, after they squeeze it, expand it into, you know, another dimension. Oh, I can tell just by sitting here talking to you, Nicholas, that you've got a passion for that. And it's to your credit, um, just listening to these uh, two uh, bright individual stories, that they both, that they had a common thing is that they both thought about a, a perceived gap and what they were able to do, mm-hmm. and they and they came to you to try to get some experience in closing that gap. And obviously, you've helped them with that. So I think that it's to your credit. It's obvious that you've got a passion for this, uh, for for this applied engineering program, and also for helping students. Uh, that is just terrific. Um, it's been awesome to be able to sit here and talk with you guys. And any any final thoughts before we close up here? Anything that you'd want other students to know? Or, um, or? I would recommend any student. Uh, 
to try to get the undergraduate research project. There's a lot of undergraduate research projects you can apply for. And uh, I think they're really good. They really help me not only like learn a lot, but just understand that like just because a problem seems really daunting doesn't mean you can't like attack it and figure it out and you know break it down piece by piece. Yeah. That is that that is really neat. That is really neat. How about yourself, Trunk? So yeah, um, I think I was going to say like um, so. Currently, like I'm um, like I mentioned, I'm like app, uh, I'm majoring in um, ASC, mm-hmm. the um, applied software engineering, and I heard a lot of students like who's uh, in the computer science who seems like they kind of lost and they don't they don't know what to do. Because um, in you know like like Dr. Caparuso mentioned about computer science, like uh, teaching us about how computer works and the theory of computation, computation, mm-hmm. but uh, we didn't have a lot of chance to work on like real world projects. Mm-hmm. So ASC is a program that is well designed and by a lot of great professor in NKU. So. Um, I, I would recommend like if you, uh, if anybody is like interested, can like have a conversation with uh, Dr. Caparuso or uh, Dr. Cho, who's the, another uh, co-founder of the, this, yeah, yeah, the director of this program, <laughs> to learn more about this program. And I I think this very like this benefits me a lot because I because like doing double major in CS and ASC, I have a chance to learn like how computer work under the hood and also I have the chance to learn how to do software because the software engineering is hard and that just like uh, both of the degree that give me a lot of opportunities to advance in my career. That is that is awesome. That is awesome. what's been great to have you guys in the in the uh, the cafe with us today. I'm going to give Nicholas the final word. If there's anything that you'd like to add as we close out here, sure. I would say regardless of the major, the the main thing is um, to explore that uh, entrepreneurial side, which can be done uh, by doing research. And in this case, the project then is trying to become something that can be commercially viable. But uh, it all starts with uh, students. Um, getting to know their professors, interacting with them, uh, and connecting with them, uh, and trying to, to, to see whether there's a, a way, uh, which at NKU is very, very common, to expand whatever they do in the classroom and kind of connect with the real world. The university is a great place where uh, you can test uh, your skills um, in a low-risk environment and doing research with faculty is one of the uh, best possibilities. And so I would recommend students to, to try that avenue. Nicholas, I want to ask you about any grant opportunities or funding of, of these programs. Have you gotten anything from the school or other sources? Absolutely. Uh, so none of this could have happened without the support of multiple um, uh, parties here at NKU. The project has started with support from uh, the Dean, uh, the Institute for Student Research and Creative Activity here at NKU, um, the, uh, an institute called SINSAM, which is the Center for Integrative uh, uh, Science and Mathematics. Um, and all these places are um, what really uh, faculty needs to um, 
start working on projects and and typically uh, that would support student work and that's how I got Brett and, and Trung uh, on the team because uh, otherwise that would be impossible. That, that is great. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Informatics Cafe is a production of Informatics Plus, the outreach arm of Northern Kentucky University's College of Informatics. Hosted by Mike Nitardi, produced by Chris Brewer, music and engineering by Aaron Zlatkin, recorded at the Informatics Audio Studio in Griffin Hall.